Hi, this is Emily. And I'm Michael. And this is Rude, the podcast where we push back. So, Emily, on our episode covering the future of activism, you had mentioned some really interesting ideas around the future of activism looking towards the past of activism. Yeah, I think I was mentioning some parts of history and, and Black history specifically where people have been using codes uh, to be able to communicate without being surveilled. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the concepts that we haven't had time to get into in the episode is this whole idea of the dark web. Um, I think it's something that's very helpful for activists to wrap their head around. There are ways out there to organize and use the internet in a way that you're not as surveilled or that you're harder to trace. Um, you know, the dark web, often people associate it with things that are, I guess because it's the name, right? Right. <laughs> that the are dark very web. dark. Um, but it's but it's a platform um, that is not good or bad. It just depends what you're going to do with it. Right. And of course, we trust our listeners to do really good things with it, right? Right. All right. So here's Dimitri. Well, it's actually, well, not that dark at all as I, as I see it. And there are different kinds of words to describe a similar technology, the deep web and so on. And it's not new either. I mean, in a perfect world, the, the dark net would have been the internet now, and maybe we wouldn't have been doing this podcast. Um, right in the beginning, kind of in the late 80s, let's say, or early 90s, um, there were several kind of network topologies for what the internet could become. Um, one of those methods said, look, uh, let companies kind of build their service and their services. They can put the most money into it. They can make the best services. Let's all log in to those servers and uh, use profit from those services. So, you know, we had... Um, bulletin boards that turned into, you know, portals of information that turned into search engines and so on. Another proposal said, um, look, we don't need to rely on companies. Actually, we have this new possibility of the network connecting the world. And that has been sold to us for the last 30 years in different ways. Um, We all have computers, all computers are equal. You know, we can just log into each other's computers and provide services to each other. But in order to do that, if uh, our two computers interacting with each other have to go through another three or five computers, geographically speaking, that our communication, your and our communication, should be encrypted. And all of the kind of knowledge and mathematics and encryption protocols already existed back then. So one of the proposals was, let's build a decentralized internet with encryption at the network level, meaning our connection is encrypted, the connection between our computers is encrypted by default. That is what is now colloquially known as the dark web. And it has existed alongside the kind of common web that we know at the moment. Obviously, most of the interest in investment went into the common web because yes, companies could build better websites 
and so on and so forth. And that has now resulted in a world in an internet that is primarily run by four or five different companies. The dark web as well allows you to separate the content from the location of the server where the content is hosted. So it has several privacy by design um, characteristics, which are, I believe, incredibly important and uh, which would negate a lot of the surveillance and data brokerage, which is going on now. Wow. Well, we really hope that you appreciated Dimitri's additional thoughts covering the dark web and that you'll consider what it means to mobilize and activate through the dark web. Looking forward to the next episode with you all. And this is Rude.